This is Carl. This is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this is Retrograding. Yes, this is Retrograding, the show where three 90s kids give adult looks to our favorite childhood films. This week, we are taking a look back at DuckTales, uh, Treasure of the Lost Lamp, to see if our nostalgia is warranted. Uh, so, Mark, you are going to start us off with a 60-second synopsis. Or uh, thereabouts. Feel, or thereabouts. <laughs> feel free to be as descriptive as possible, because of the films that we have done, this might be the most esoteric film, given that I couldn't even find a place to torrent this movie. <laughs> uh, I had to rent it from Amazon to watch it for this podcast. Somewhere and... I have the VHS. Ah, uh, that made it so, easy. So... I would like, so you may need to do all the heavy lifting to describe to our audience what this film is and what this film is about. That will be hard to do in 60 seconds. Well, we'll see how you do. <laughs> well, you I, see, it is a on, motion on the other picture. Hand, I feel like this may be the second shortest Disney film I have ever, that exists, although don't quote me on that because I do not know for sure. I'm Googling. But it is only what, I think it was like, an hour, 13 minutes total, including the credits at the end. And I feel like Dumbo was an hour, three minutes or something like that. So it, they'll, they're close. Anyway, does someone have a timer ready to go? I, I do. Would you like a countdown? Sure. While Sarah's and Googling. in three, two, one, go. Scrooge McDuck takes another adventure to find the treasure of Kali Baba. After finding the treasure, he agrees to let Webigail keep an old lamp to use as a play teapot. However, a sorcerer named Murloc steals the rest of the treasure with the help of his minion, Dijon. While playing with her new teapot, Webby discovers that the lamp contains a magic genie who will grant the owner three wishes. The kids all use their wishes on toys and junk food until Scrooge learns of the genie. They use their final wish to return everything to the normal the way it was, but Scrooge takes the lamp. Murloc and Dijon discover that the lamp is not amongst the treasure they stole, so they track down Scrooge and the lamp. The genie talks to Jean into using wishes for himself rather than give the lamp to Murloc, so he uses his wishes to steal Scrooge's wealth and mansion and throws Scrooge in jail. Scrooge's family bail him out, and together they hatch a plan to rescue the genie, but Murloc follows them and steals the lamp for himself. Murloc uses his wishes to turn Scrooge's vault into a castle that begins to fly out of Duckburg. Scrooge fights for the lamp but gets knocked off the flying castle, so Murloc transforms into a griffin and flies after him to retrieve the lamp. Scrooge takes Murloc's magic talisman, and Murloc turns human and falls to the ground. Scrooge uses his second wish to return the vault and everyone on it safely to Duckburg and uses his final wish to free the genie by turning him into a real boy. I'm a real boy. <sighs> that was close, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, you're just a few seconds over. <sighs> Apparently but, Google doesn't want to tell me which, but Dumbo is the shortest and they're off by yep. about 10 minutes. Yeah, they're, yeah. Dumbo's 64, this one's 74. All right, let's go into long form. What do you guys see as adults that you may have missed as a child? So, I thought I had never seen this. <gasps> uh, but, 
there was a specific scene that I remembered while watching this where the kids are breaking into Scrooge's house and he is telling them, like, Mission Impossible style, mm-hmm. this is how you get around all of the security that systems. Oh, the vault? Yeah, yeah, because of course, when you design a security system, you want to make sure you leave in a crucial flaw so that anyone knowledgeable enough can just break into your home at any time. <laughs> well, so I, I think I had seen this movie once before, and my elementary school used to do like one night a year they had a movie night or something where the whole school could come sit in the gym and watch this movie with their families. And I swear that one time they did this movie, the DuckTales movie, I think that's the only time I had ever seen it, but I did not remember anything that happened in it because I was thinking it was with that other Kilty duck that Scrooge always fights with, (laughs) that I forget his name, but I thought they were the ones fighting over it in some ancient Mayan Mexican style temple, and this was not that at all, so I don't know where I got that idea. in fact, Egyptian pyramids. Yes. So again, different part of the world. I own this on VHS. So Sarah right. knows everything about Not it. everything. It's been... I was curious as to why Mark picked this as to... Because as I explained, it was hard for me to find. I did eventually get it to watch it. I wondered if this was just something you happened to own in your house. Nope. You just like, oh, looked over. It's like, oh, this thing. I should watch this thing. Well, I, I believe recently was an anniversary of its release. Um, ah. Except it was 1990, so it's not like a big anniversary. But I remember seeing something about... Wait, hey, wait. 1990, the most recent anniversary would have been nine years ago. Right, that's what I'm saying. No, but but the release, the anniversary of its release was like a, like a, like a few weeks ago. Which, okay. But it wasn't like a big anniversary with a zero or a five. I just happened to see something about it, and I was like, <laughs> oh, that'd be a fun one to do for a podcast. So I think that was kind of how it popped up again, and I just okay. decided to do it while I was thinking about it. Fair enough. There was this one I haven't it wasn't a favorite of mine. I did watch it a lot as a child. There were scenes specifically I remembered. The opening scene of knocking yeah. things over, I remember. With the plane. Of the well the the, the plane almost crashing. I remember. But that happens in every DuckTales ever. But I remember <laughs> so. it with it being in a more like ancient Egyptian with the like um stone pillar things that i remember i remember i think we talked about this when mark first picked this about i remember the wishing scene because there's at one point where they wish for a giant ice cream sundae uh-huh. and as a child i was like that looks really good that yeah, just looks they, delicious you know that they're not gonna eat all of that though. no but at the time i'm like that ice cream sundae looks especially because really i believe right when they wished for it they said oh that they're gonna be so mad at us when they call us in for dinner <laughs> i remember the baby elephant being adorable oh, right. which is almost like a baby version of mrs dumbo and so there was like specific scenes i remembered very well but it, this was never like on my this wasn't like one of the ones I watched so many times I ruined the VHS. But this was one I owned. It's probably somewhere in my basement somewhere. Yeah, I I have to say, like, I'm familiar with the DuckTales woo-woo uh, cartoon. 
I remember seeing it as a child, but it's definitely not one that I watched a million times. I'm I'm not very familiar with it now, just because it's been so many years since I watched it. And I think it was the type of thing that I saw each episode maybe once. I didn't watch them over and over and over again. And so a lot of the lore of this series is lost on me. Uh, I know Huey, Dewey, and Louie. I know Scrooge McDuck. I know Launchpad McQuack. But, like, all of the... All the characters past that, I don't remember. I don't remember who... Uh, what was their name? Webb? Webbington? Web- Webby! No, 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 he's talking oh, not about the butler. Oh, the- no, I was talking about the little girl. Webby! Oh, yeah, that's Web- Webigail. Webigail. Webigail, that's the bullshit name. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't remember. Did you know she, that? I don't that, know how she's related. I didn't know who her voice actor was then. Uh, I know who her voice actor is now. Well, well her voice actress is all, dead. I don't remember how they. Uh, they're all Scrooge all, is Donald's uncle. Scrooge is Donald's uncle. He is Scrooge is the great uncle of the triplets. You really? Whose mother is Donald's sister? Uh, yes, I think that's so right. So Donald is also their uncle. Yes. Donald is also their uncle. Yes. And Webigail, they, even though they call him Uncle Scrooge, they, he's well, the he great Well, he is the great uncle, uncle yes. but yeah. Webigail is the granddaughter of the house of Scrooge's housekeeper. Ah, okay. That makes sense. She does call that the housekeeper granny. Yes. And I I didn't know if that was the same for Huey, Dewey, and Louie, where they, no. she happens to be working for Uncle Scrooge, but she's also this is not a something grandmother because, to all of them. No, this is not something that really gets discussed in the movie, because the sure. movie is like... I just, I'm just saying, this film starts in a place where it assumes you already know everything you need to know yes. about DuckTales to Wii U uh, to <laughs> pick up and take off uh, with this but, film. But because airplane. Scrooge has yeah. no... His his daughter is who knows where at this point. I don't remember what happens to her. I don't know if there's... I don't really remember much of. It. I I actually own one season of Ducktales. Someone can tell us what happened to Donald. But I didn't. So it's kind of like what you said. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't one that I watched repeatedly. But it, I mean, I did watch it quite a bit when it was on TV. But I do not but remember. I probably what liked happened. Tailspin and Chippendale better. Yeah, I like Tailspin better. Do do do. Um, but. I don't remember what happened to Huey, Dewey, and Louie's parents, but I do remember that Webigail, because Scrooge had no, like, granddaughters, and his daughter is, who knows where she went, kind of adopts Webigail as a granddaughter because he's sometimes nice. Yeah, so, like, you don't need to know these familial relations to appreciate this film, because it literally just starts with them going to the ruins. Apparently, Scrooge has been looking for the lost treasure of Alibaba oh. his entire Kali life. Alibaba, because Kali is a dog. All right. And everything oh, is animals. Kali Baba. Yes. You know, even hearing that in the film, I did not get that it was referencing a dog. Impartially because the natives of this Egypt, I can't tell what animal they are. Yeah. Are they rats? Is this weasels? Maybe weasels. It did seem like this was borderline racist, where we're show, especially the character that we see, because he is that Middle Eastern character you would see, oh. like in Indiana Jones. Mark and no, I, no, no, not Indiana Jones. No, Mark in and the I mummy. have. We've decided. <laughs> sure, Dijon is just Benny from the Mummy. 
Oh yeah, yeah. He's hundred percent. Is def definitely has this. Uh, He's just Benny from the. They're line. they are trying to get an upper hand on everybody. They're trying to get the best deal at everybody. If you leave anything out, they will steal it and stick it in their giant pants. <laughs> I just wanted Brendan Fraser to show up and be Benny. <laughs> Benny. To be fair, we need to watch that movie at some point. That yeah. is it. We're talking about e Egyptian-themed movies that I've watched way too many times. Yeah, yeah. That's like, I why. saw The Mummy way more than I saw DuckTales. Yep. Now, the question is... Agreed. Did The Mummy rip off DuckTales? Well, there's a better one that we could ask. Did Aladdin rip off DuckTales? Uh. <laughs> because it came barely two years after this movie, so... But if you're, the possible. Same, if you're the same studio, is it ripping off or just doing it yourself better? Also, Improving yourself. All of these are ripping off like a thousand and one Arabian Nights. Yeah, like mm -hmm. like these are all stereotypes of old like 1940s adventure movies. Like, right, which, exactly. I, I feel like that's kind of how a lot of the DuckTales shows were. I don't know where he got his first money, but a lot of Scrooge's stuff is just, I'm going to travel the world and find this treasure and throw it in my vault And if you think reason. of like the Beagle Boys, they are this kind of like... Eh, like 1940s like gangster like they're very very stylized sort of like except they're not even in this movie they're but. not but like but when you think of the tv show they are all based off these tropes but exaggerated to be a children's cartoon right exactly these these stories were being told hundreds of years between before cartoons were invented like this whole idea of the mystical, magical Egypt, it comes from ancient lore, and it's just a modern adaptation of that. Well, at least we don't have anything about eating the mummies, because that's a fun one. Is that a real one? Oh, the Victorians were real big into eating mummies, because they yeah. thought it had health benefits. Yeah. That's why we... We were, we were real dumb. <laughs> don't say we. That we. was the... That was... That was the oh, British. for yourself, I'm, Carl. Oh, I'm immortal. <laughs> okay. It's the it's both the royal and the regular we it's, it's, I'm talking about. It's why we've lost a lot of mummies is because people ate them. It's also why we lost a lot of lost a lot of, lot, oh, a lot no. of tortoises. It's true. They were say. delicious. It took them forever Apparently, to get them tortoises back. Tortoises are just ridiculously delicious. They kept trying to bring them back from like the the Galapagos, from and the then Galapagos, pe but people yeah. kept just eating them on the trip back because they were just so good it's a great fact all right but going back to this opening scene to me this was where they spent some of their animation budget and i like this film in that a lot of times when you're doing a film uh about a tv series like it just feels like an extended episode of the TV series, but you get scenes like this where they're able to spend more time perfecting the animation for larger action sequences. Like this plane scene where Launchpad McQuack is flying this plane through a canyon, just doing like all these crazy stunts, flying and almost hitting stuff but barely getting past and it looks amazing like it is a great opening scene because it builds the adventure uh the sense of adventure you will get from this film and like i love the way that he decides to land because apparently he can fly great but he can't land at all making his his name kind of ironic um <laughs> where he 
the, the way he decides to land is instead of going and landing on the sand and acting as a runway, he just finds two pillars, decides to do go straight up and land just in between the pillars so that the wings catch and stop the plane, and then it knocks over the pillars as it slowly goes to the ground and lands upside down. Is this not how you fly a plane? I don't think so. It also occurred to me that he ruined the plane. Like, I don't know how they get home. I assume Scrooge just has, like, a satellite phone and can call in uh, an air balloon anytime he wants. Yeah, you said you don't really watch the show very much. That's kind of what every episode was, is Launchpad crashing some vehicle. (laughs) And then, then they have, like... He must just have a whole garage somewhere full of Scrooge McDuck vehicles because they always have another one. Right, right. This is the type of pilot who could only work for Scrooge because they constantly have to buy new aircraft. Did you know in the new TV show that Launchpad is Jewish? What? Okay. <laughs> this means nothing. It's just something I learned from looking through Wikipedia. He's also yeah, yeah, yeah. quite the ladies' man. I, uh, I don't remember the series to begin with. So yeah, you want to change this one up, do whatever you want. I'm not super partial to I mean, uh, it makes more details. more sense than Scrooge McDuck. I'm not sure about like the Scottish Jewish population. Yeah, I'm not sure. He why could have married into it. We don't know anything Scottish. about Scrooge. I'm also not sure how Scrooge became the hero cuz he's based on Ebenezer Scrooge, who d- was a miser and basically the villain because who learned his lesson. Family life Grew his heart. Ah, his heart and his money grew three (laughs) sizes that day. You brought children into his home and he became a lovable, like, But he's not. He's not lovable in this either. He's pinching every penny. Just because you... you Pinching pennies doesn't make you not lovable. In a Dutch area. It makes you not affable if you don't want to spend money on your family. Like, the things that you spend money on are what is important in your life. If these children were important to him, I feel like he'd be showering them in presents or whatnot. That is how you spoil a child. Yes. He also did not really spend it on anything else either, so... True. <laughs> but Maybe. he is hoarding gold like a dragon. That, oh, oh, that's true. He's a duck dragon. Okay, you guys just added a movie to your pitch games, <laughs> I can tell. You probably already had it. I think I nope. Have, you think I have any pitch games? Yeah, I will let Sarah take that one, because... <laughs> so let's, uh, let's talk about the treasure of Kali Baba. Uh, and how they go about finding it. So, once we get there, I have a, a comment about it. But Sure, sure. So, I I maybe have the same comment. Because after the the animation of them flying through the canyon, which was really well done and like a huge action sequence, I expected more out of the, the temple that they find. Right. Which, uh, let's to catch people up... They find a treasure chest. The only thing in it is clothes, but also a treasure map. And then they follow the treasure map to a buried pyramid, which they uncover within, like, a couple of hours. Even they, though this thing is the size of a skyscraper. They find it because it's buried in the sand, but their camel that Launchpad is walking on just happens to trip over the very tip of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, this treasure map does not lead to the uh, the pyramid at all it leads them to a stone which is still standing and not buried even though the map says it was right next to the pyramid which happens to be covered in like 
10 stories of sand. It's very confusing. So then, I don't, there were not any booby traps necessarily in there, were there? Yeah. I mean, they had like little stones to step on, but it wasn't, I don't know. Dijon got hit by them, but they didn't do anything to stop them from getting in, so. Right. Having that great action sequence at the beginning, I expected it to keep up when they entered the temple and start like sneaking through these traps, but like, there's not a whole lot there. There's the, well, they the trigger have their switches trusty, on the ground. Uh, the junior woodcook woodchuck notebook thing that I can't speak apparently. Uh huh. Right, right. <laughs> uh, where they they use marbles to disarm all the traps, and like this scene takes three seconds, uh, and then they just they find the treasure. Apparently, this treasure was not difficult to find. Once you find the pyramid, which anybody could find if they just happen to be walking by this weird stone pillar. So, my point is, Scrooge has this enormous vault full of money in Duckburg. Oh, yeah. And then they go chasing after this fabled lost treasure, blah, blah, blah. And then they find it, and it's like a little bowl out on a pedestal that, like, maybe the, the four or five of them could stand inside this bowl, but that's all of the gold it is compared to his giant vault at home. Yet he's risking everyone's lives through these booby traps to go find this little, little tiny treasure. I had a similar note as to, like, they're going through a temple that they all understand is very dangerous and could possibly kill them. Why are they bringing children along yep. on the journey? But my uh, my note here is the treasure is in, as you said, a little wicker bowl on top of this pillar uh, in this giant room where the only way to access it is this little rope bridge. So, like, I don't know what Kali Baba was thinking. <laughs> uh, it, does he ever want to access his treasure? This seems like crazy amount of work to go through just to get some gold. Like, did he, is he buried here? Is this his uh, offering to the gods for the afterlife in his pyramid? You don't offer things to the gods in Egypt. You bury it with you so you can have it for the afterlife. Ah, you're right. So that means he must be buried there somewhere. Why didn't they find him? Because he'd be in a different compartment. Maybe somebody ate him. Ooh, Probably the British <laughs> found him earlier and decided, ooh, we got a bucket full of gold, or we got this mummy, uh, we're going to have a mummy buffet. Why not both? Uh, <laughs> but, Mark, to your point, I think Scrooge mentions uh, when they're in the wicker basket looking at the gold, he's going to donate all of it anyway for tax reasons. Which is surprised all the kids. Because they're like, you're going to do what? And then he says, I'm going to get attacked. I was oh. I was waiting for the line, it belongs in a museum. <laughs> and this is the closest we got to it, where he's just going to donate everything to museums. Also, there's a prestige element to it, because this archaeological society that Scrooge is a part of has been making fun of him for years for believing this treasure existed in the first place. And so to, part of it is he just wants to show the world, hey, I was right, this treasure existed, and here it is, I have proof, I'm not a crazy person. But how does he prove that that is specifically the treasure of Kali Baba and not just some other random pile of gold? I don't know, maybe it's got his name on it. I can't <laughs> tell you, Mark. Maybe a, a few of the pieces looked unique. Maybe there's some storied lore on the tiara that Scrooge traded for the lamp. Perhaps. And I do like how, 
in like every one of these, the person initially looks at the lamp and has no knowledge of genies or the concept of these A Thousand and One Arabian Nights. They just look at it and like, oh, this is a piece of junk. Uh, I could easily throw this away. This is the least important part of the collection. Well, and what's funny about that is he he wants to get rid of this lamp, right? And he gives it to Webby because she wants it to use as a teapot, like to play tea set or whatever with her dolls. But then later on, when everything's going crazy, he goes, of course, it's the magic lamp, as if he knew that it was there all along, but somehow he didn't recognize it when he hands it to her. Yeah, I think it's the type of thing where... He believes there's some truth to the lore of Kalibaba. Like, he's heard about the mystical, magical lamp. And it's the type of thing where I think he thinks, historically, there was a Kalibaba. There's probably a treasure. But it's been built up and the lore has gotten so wild and crazy that people just believe there's magic. The treasure is real, but, like, the magic, that's probably not accurate. I, I think there's a lot of uh historical cases where there's truth to it but also like the story has gotten built up so much over time like uh jason and the argonauts that was a, a real ship with real people but it did not contain demigods you but sure? they certainly went around and fought fighting uh, skeletons right exactly and giant statues so mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway back to this film uh they get it home they they find a genie wait what about statues Jason and the Argonauts, he fights a giant statue. But anyway, that's not this Are movie. you talking about the movie version? Yes. Yes, I thought as much. Because that, that one was where I pictured the uh, the claymation skeleton yep. that he fights. <laughs> anyway. Let's, let's brush ahead to the genie. <laughs> uh, they get home. Webigail is brushing off this thing, polishing it so she can use it for a tea set. And lo and behold, it contains a genie who happens to be a duck. Now, why is this genie a duck if he lived in a a society full of weasels? That's a good question. Makes the animation easier. But, ha! I mean, if he's a genie, he's magical. Maybe he doesn't, maybe he just resembles a duck because that's how, who was there when he came out of the lamp. Ah, who's to say? <laughs> I don't know. That, I mean, I guess I didn't even think about that because it's just ducktails and everything's an animal of some why kind. Huey, Louie, Dewey, and Webby all have the same voice. Uh, because they needed to save money on their animation budget. No, wait, the what? voice acting budget. <laughs> We're going to save money on animation by making everyone's voice the same. That's what? one of the things I didn't know as a child is how much Webby sounds like Minnie Mouse. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, the three triplets, I mean... Of course, they are triplets. They should naturally sound the same, but, like, their voices are indistinguishable. <laughs> They're just... They're the exact same per person, Russie, except they have Russie different Taylor? colored clothes on. Yeah, I think so. Which, I mean, she's just doing the same voice for all of them, but her webby voice is just kind of a slightly more hoarse Minnie Mouth voice. Which, I mean, it makes sense. She is... I, she was. She's. She died... Earlier this year? Recently, yes. Yeah, like Aww. in July or something. But she she did Minnie Mouse for like decades. And so, I mean, it makes sense. But at the time, you as, as a child, you don't realize how much they reuse Disney voice actors. 
You don't Jim realize Cummings. Jim Cummings does <laughs> like ninety percent of the male voices for Disney cartoons, and you don't realize that till you're an adult and you're like, I recognize that voice. <laughs> this one was one that like I was I was listening. I'm like. No, that is Minnie Mouse. I can hear it now. As an adult, I'm like, Webby is Minnie Mouse. I, I can see it. So Jeez, the genie, I think, head. is supposed to be the comic relief of this film. Supposed to be. He is kind of like Howie Mandel meets, like... He reminded me, uh, I'm trying to try to find the name here. The guy who played uh, Gex. Um, I think he also did voices for The Simpsons. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Um... Kind of curlyish hair. Yes. Skinny guy. I thought he was uh, like Robin Williams meets um, Howie Mandel meets... Dana Gould. Is Dana Gould, uh, yes. yes. Meets the guy who was center square for... He was not one of the first... When you said The Simpsons, there were two other names in my head, but I didn't think it sounded like either of them. And so. it's none of those people. But, mm-hmm. but he, he also kind of reminded me of Andy Kindler. Uh, who's a comedian who was on Everyone Loves Raymond. He's a lot of, like, comedians put in a blender. Yeah. And very, like, Shaken in a blender and stored for 10,000 years and and then poured out for the lamp. He really does feel like a prototype for Aladdin. Like, for the genie, doesn't it? And I I feel like... Like you said, he's supposed to be the comic relief where they just kind of make him crazy energetic and he runs around doing all kinds of weird things just to be goofy and off the wall. But I don't I was just like, okay. (laughs) he does have a couple good jokes in this first scene. I do like the one where he's like, Las Vegas must be great if Caesar moved his palace there. Which obviously, as a kid, that is not a great joke. But that's I the just... thing. Like these these jokes are written by adults for adults. Some of them, at least. But he's supposed to be a comic relief for kids, and I think kids would get uh, a kick out of his his catchphrase of shabooey uh, and his his wild antics. And he's supposed to be for all ages with some of the things that he says. But for me, it it just didn't work at all yeah. Yeah. on any regard. He was probably my least favorite character out of the whole thing. <laughs> oh, agreed. Yeah, the only jokes are that are really funny for adults are the couple ones in the beginning that are like history jokes. Yes. Like there's another one where he's like coming out. He's like, "What's going on? Has Rome fallen yet?" That I thought was <laughs> kind of funny. It was pretty good. The the one that I kind of laughed at is. Uh, he runs to the house and the kids catch up to him in the library where he's read all of the encyclopedias. Uh, and then he goes to a globe and apparently he read all the encyclopedias, but had not figured out that the world was not flat. He's ready for 2019. Oh, yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a whole society for him here. We're topical. Uh-huh. Look how topical we are. Uh-huh. Right. We are, we are super topical given that we're talking about a movie for the 1990s we're super topical in all of the movies that we do so topical did he read all the encyclopedias before they realized that he would give them wishes yes because this is like the first thing he does is he like right right this is where the first wish is given to webigail this is where she wishes for a pet the baby elephant which turns out to be an elephant uh so they they give the rules of wishes uh, which are pretty standard. You have to be holding the lamp. You have to say, I wish. And you only get three of them. Unless you happen to be the bad guy who has a magical talisman that just gives him infinite wishes. 
and he really laid down like all the caveats. It was like, well, I can't quite do that. And I, ooh, I'm definitely not going to do that one. Like, you can't wish for a million wishes. You can't wish for world peace. Uh, you can't wish to have the talisman that would give you infinite wishes. <laughs> like, he just, oh, also, he, he wants his wishes not to garner too much attention because ev then everybody's gonna want wishes. And so he is forcing his new masters to make very low key wishes that don't have a big effect on anything. It just seemed like if you're gonna lay these this many rules on wishes, the wishes are practically pointless. They have an uncle who has basically infinite money. He can just buy them pretty much whatever they want. Like these wishes, what they're capable of doing is not better than having infinite money. Well, and I think this is another point where, as a kid, I mean, the, the things they wish for is like, I want a giant pet elephant. I want a giant ice cream sundae. And like when you, when later on they have like a life-size model train that's going around their yard and stuff, which again, like you said, Scrooge could probably have bought that stuff for them. And it's all these just random like toys and animal wishes that any kid would have. So as a kid, maybe this would make sense. But now when you're looking at it, it's like, these are just weird wishes. Like, I mean, I could understand this is what a kid would wish for, maybe, but it's just kind of like, I, they could have gotten that anyway. The kids of a quadrillionaire. Right. So, like, I tried to keep track of the three wishes that each kid made. And you can't because not all the wishes are on screen. At a certain point, like, they cut away where the kids are outside somewhere. And, like, one of them is hang gliding, one is on a trampoline, one is uh, riding that train. Because the wishes are not on screen, I didn't understand whether these are just toys that they already own, living with Scrooge, or whether these are things that they had wished for. So I couldn't quite keep track of... What was a wish? What is things that a rich kid would already own? Right, and I felt like they had enough things that it would have been more than three wishes worth. Also, the elephant witch gets us into the, what is a pet, what is a human in this universe again? <laughs> Which I think we go into, if it's a biped, it's a human. If it's a quadruped, it's a pet. So if a biped walked on their hands, do they just become a pet? I don't know. But, like, Goofy is a dog. Right. But he's biped. Right. And Pluto is a dog, but he's a quadruped. Uh-huh. And he's a pet. So, is that how it works? Is Who's this how sentience works in the Mickey Mouse universe? Who's to say that, like, there isn't some elephant out there who's a member of society or is paying it whether, taxes? But it can't be whether or not you wear pants, because the ducks don't wear pants. They sure don't. They do wear clothing, though. According yes, so is to it where you <laughs> this article from Time, I don't know when it was posted, like, it's an old comic that the, from when DuckTales was a comic strip. Scrooge is worth one multi-plugillion non-obsquatumatillion $623.22. Yeah, I so, think <laughs> Scrooge has ruined the economy. This might be the article that I saw in it, because I saw 
a list once of like the richest fictional characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because Scrooge McDuck just has a made up number amount of gold coins, he is by far the richest fictional character that has ever existed. This is why you shouldn't try to put real money to fictional characters because how rich they are depends on what the plot needs them to be. Right. But, like, Scrooge is just the character where if you ever need to buy anything, you have it immediately. Yes. Uh, like, I was always curious as a kid where uh, Wile E. Coyote gets the money to buy all those things from Acme, and why doesn't he just buy bird meat? Uh, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's just, like, whenever he needs something, he has enough money to buy it. Maybe he's a spokesperson and he gets it for free. Oh, maybe. Though, he has a brand deal. Maybe I he mean, does maybe, it. because all of the Acme products break on him. Maybe he is a YouTuber, and that's his brand deal. They send him free stuff. He has a camera out in the distance. He does do the uh, the classic look in the camera gag yeah. every time he walks off of a cliff maybe and then this looks is at the like, camera and then looks down and falls. Maybe this was the original, like, prank your friends videos on YouTube uh, and they're actually both in on it together. Okay, I can buy that. All right. So, back to the baby elephant. There is a, <laughs> I don't know if they were going for this as a joke, but I liked it anyways, because the elephant comes with a pink bow. Webigail's granny walks in and sees an elephant in the house and freaks out and goes and finds Scrooge. And one of the kids has to waste a wish to get rid of the elephant. Uh, so it's not there when Scrooge comes back. But, when the granny runs and tells Scrooge about it, he's like, there's a pink elephant! There's a pink elephant! And they run back and it's gone. Pink elephants has been slang term for things that you see when you're drunk and you try to tell other people about them, but they don't actually exist. Yeah, like in the Dumbo! Yeah, exactly. In the Dumbo. <laughs> I think that it was referenced in the movie Arthur, because that guy is drunk 24-7. Which one? But yeah, so like, I think that was a slide joke that adults are supposed to get, where like, the implication is that Scrooge thinks Granny is just drunk, and there never was any elephant in the room. Until he sees the kids sneaking away later, and he's like, maybe there's something to this. Yeah, I also don't understand why the magic would remove the elephant, fix the entire room, but not repair people's memory so that the elephant just never existed. I wondered about that, too, because the wish didn't say just to get rid of, you know, clean it up. It said set things back to the way they were, I think is what they said. Maybe it's like Aladdin magic where it can't mess with other people. But see, if you're setting it the way things were, wouldn't it rewind time also? Not, Probably. <laughs> not necessarily, because, like, in a lot of genie things, it's like, you can't make people fall in love with you. You can't, like, actually change th- people. You can only right. change, like, inanimate things. So, it, like, it could fix the room, but it can't, like, actually affect living beings. But later it does affect Scrooge when oh, they come that's home. True. So, I don't know. <sighs> We have inconsistent rules! Tell me about it. This movie is full of inconsistent rules. Speaking of which, the villain can make infinite wishes because he happens to own a talisman that allows him to do this. Which, again, if he has this magic talisman that can do magical things, why does he need a magic lamp and a genie? Why well, does I think Scrooge the talisman so much money? can only turn him into animals and give him al- infinite wishes. But he's already an he's animal. He's already an animal. Right. This is where we get into 
So he turns from a, what is he? Is he a, a, I forget what he is. Is he a duck? Is he a rat? He's not a duck. I don't know what he is. He's not he's a, a duck. He's a mammal of some sort. Yeah. But then he changes into a hawk and flies around. Right, right. Hawk so he changes fish. from a biped into several pets. To use uh, Sarah's vernacular. Uh, let's see. But so apparently he used his first wish to just live forever, which pretty great wish. Uh, and then he used subsequent wishes to sink Atlantis and explode Pompeii because they wouldn't invite him to some dinner party. And Murloc is voiced by... Oh, Chris Lloyd. Or Christopher when... Lloyd. Because if them. you need a voice actor to play a slightly goofy villain, bring on the Christopher Lloyd. Sometimes live action to become a cartoon later. <gasps> That's Spoiler a alert. That's a stay tuned... Yeah, we should do that one. That might be my next pick. I might cry. It has been on my list for a while. Uh, so we've reached the point in the plot where I really stopped caring about what was going on. Because <laughs> the kids have basically used up all their wishes. Oh, the final one that Webigail uses is she turns all of her toys into living creatures. Uh, and they start wandering around the house because they're just they're all wild stuffed animals and so they just start acting like animals and they start ruining the house everywhere and one of the kids has to use his final wish to just reverse another one of her wishes meaning that like all in all between the four kids they didn't get a whole lot because like they constantly had to use wishes to reverse other wishes they had to use a wish to uh, make Scrooge be nice to them when they came home late. Uh, so, like, that's five wishes out of uh, nine that they just... No, twelve. Nine, five wishes out of twelve uh, that they just wasted and didn't really use for anything. And then the others, like, they got the giant ice cream, they got a bunch of toys, and that's it. Like, they used all their wishes at this point. Murloc is a wolf. A wolf. He's a wolf in bird's clothing. You know what? He reminds me of the what's-it thing from The NeverEnding Story, except he walks around on two legs and is a sorcerer. That terrible wolf puppet? Yes. Oh, yep. Okay. That This is what the Disney villain's Wikipedia tells me. Gotcha. I'm glad we got there. Oh, it's not even a Disney villain's Wikipedia. It's just a villain's Wikipedia. Ooh, wow. Wow, there's a lot of Wikipedias, guys. So, the kids have lost all of their wishes... Uh, just in time for Scrooge to dis discover that this kid that has been running around his house that his nephews just told him was a little boy that they were having a sleepover with is actually a genie. And so Scrooge uses his first wish on the first thing that comes to his mind, something he doesn't have to think about. He gets the treasure of Kali Baba that he had lost previously because we skipped over that point because it's not important. <laughs> Uh, also, Rasputin has been here, running around as a rat, and this happens Rasputin to crush him. or Murloc? <laughs> Both. I think they're interchangeable. Uh, yeah. Yep. So he's been running around as various insects or small like, creatures trying to... I don't think he's an insect yet. He was a rat oh, that's, in this Yeah, scene. that's true. He was a rat. And he was trying to get the lamp, and then he got shushed away by Mrs... What's her name? Potts. Yes. Uh, Beasley? Mrs. Mrs. Granny Potts. Beaksley. Beaksley. Sure. Because why not? But she's not she's a, bird, a bird, is she? Yes. She's a duck! Oh, 
She's a duck. Of course she's a duck. Everyone's a duck. That isn't a wolf or a rat. Or a weasel. So then... then the butler's not a duck. Scrooge wishes for the treasure back, and now he's like, oh, now I can go back to this archaeological society that I was going to skip, but now I can go back and tell them I do have this treasure after all, and he doesn't bring any of it with him to prove it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he wasn't going to go there because all these people were going to make fun of him that he couldn't find the treasure, even though he's been trying for all of his life. Then he wishes for the treasure, finally has the treasure, and doesn't take any of it to show all these people who are making fun of him. Ah. <sighs> uh, he does take the lamp with him, however. Uh, so, uh, what's his name? What's the genie's name? Is his name Shibui? I What did they... They gave him... The kids named him because he didn't have one before. Eugene? Eugene? Does Is that, that sound right? right? I don't know. Sure. We'll None draw. of this sounds right, but... Oh yeah, this this movie is uh, maybe garbage. I don't have it. We'll call him Eugene. I'm fine with that. Genie. His just name is Genie. Eugenie, sure. Um, so. Oh, right, that's why they named, uh... Oh, they named him Gene. Oh, right. And then, and then the name is not used again for the rest of the movie. Right, exactly. <laughs> but it's Gene, cause he's a genie! Right. I have to go let myself out. Okay, bye. Bye! I still like Eugenie. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if it was a female. My bright... Eugenie, yeah. Uh-huh. I gotta, oh, I gotta do Milky Way and get my stamina back. Not sponsored. Yeah, for a film that isn't that long, as we've discussed, this movie lasts an hour. It doesn't hold my attention for the entire time, um, because the kids aren't even in this part. And like, as a kid, you're watching for Huey, Dewey, and Louie and Webigail. They're the people you can relate to. Because when you're a kid, you just assume all adults are ridiculously rich and can buy you whatever you want. Uh, and for them, it's actually true. But this when was Scrooge not goes true. The, My house did not have a staircase, so I assumed we were poor. You lived in California. Is that standard? Uh, well, I assumed that we were, like, middle class, and I assumed if you had a staircase... That meant you were rich. Only rich uh, people could afford staircases. That's right. Mm. Well, you <laughs> gotta pay... Sarah, you gotta pay per stair. And if you want a whole story, that's gonna cost you. I'm sure there's someone in our audience that lived in areas with very small houses that understands what I'm saying. Sure. I, I'm sure there's a group of people who thought if you had a basement, you were rich. Just because, like, in a lot of places in the country, you typically don't have basements because you're right on the water level. Oh. No one in California had a basement because we didn't have any weather that required a basement. We all had one-story houses. Only the rich had two-story houses. Wow. I know. Anyway, they go to this conference. Scrooge is about to give a speech. To show everyone, ha ha ha, I found the treasure at last, you guys are fools, and I've been right all along, which I'm sure is verbatim the speech he was going to give, uh, when the genie interrupts him and is just like, hey, the, the, um, the warlock Murloc is here, that, um... <laughs> it is, it's Merlin plus warlock according, again, to that wiki that I found. <laughs> Also, Murloc is like that creature from uh, World of Warcraft that goes, blah, blah. Murlocs are the things from uh, <laughs> Journey to the... No, the Time Machine, aren't Murlocs? 
Oh, yeah. No, are those the, Morlocks? The underground dwelling creatures. No, those are Morlocks, aren't they? Morlocks, yes. The, the underground creatures. They're also the X-Men creatures that live underground. It's a testament to how good this movie is, the uh-huh. number of times that we've gotten derailed to talk about also, something else. Just Murloc is just a really confusing name. I was correct. Murlocs are a creature of World of Warcraft. We can move on. I've never played. I assumed I'd get really, really addicted, and so I just, I just let it be away, so I didn't let myself get hooked in. Oh, no, in. no. I've never played, but I've played other Blizzard properties, and they're one of the creatures that has gone into other Blizzard. Cro- I just assumed properties. they'd get my hook, they'd get their hooks in, and they'd steal all my time and money. Uh, they do that. I never Again, tried that game either. Like a genie. That didn't make sense. <laughs> nope. Genies <laughs> do not take your time or your money. They can, in fact, give you those things. I mean, they could take it away if you wished it. Let's let's just move on past. Let's do that. So, uh, Scrooge's speech gets interrupted, meaning the entire point of him going to the conference is interrupted. There's a chase scene that is actually a little cool because this is where um, Murloc turns into a bear and starts chasing them. And, like, of all the creatures that he's turned into, they've all been kind of creepy or, like, you could tell that they were an evil creature. The bear is the first one that I thought, oh... This creature could do some damage. If you get hit by a bear, you are out. Uh, And so an interesting concept they throw in is to hide from the bear, both the genie and Scrooge go into the genie's lamp. I have not seen another property where an actual person that is not a mythological being could fit inside the genie's lamp with him. Bewitched. Aha. Oh, that's true. (laughs) Okay. Very nice I forgot about that. I think they go inside a genie's lamp at one point in a Sabrina the Teenage Witch episode. Oh. But don't quote me on right, that. Wait, wait. I you, wait, 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 wait. You said bewitched. Are you thinking I dream of genie? I am thinking of I dream of genie. <laughs> That's, that is what I, I pictured I dream of genie in my mind. But we but both didn't call said. You on that. I know. We both just went with it. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. And in my head, I was going, you know, bewitched. I mean, I knew exactly what you were thinking about, but I'm like, it doesn't make sense to call it a witch show if it's a genie. I know. We got there. To be fair, we don't know there wasn't a genie at one point on Bewitched. There probably was. I mean, there must have been an episode. Had to be. So so now so the so they hide That's the what lamp, happened to Darren number 1. And the bear gets confused and walks away and then they come out of the lamp and then Dijon finds them. So they're ch- getting chased again. Oh yeah, that's what it does. They're getting chased. Uh Scrooge falls down. And this is He's an This old is man. where my suspension of disbelief uh got derailed because he falls down and this hotel restaurant whatever has he hits a one of those food service carts which happens to be holding a genie style lamp for gravy that looks perfectly identical to this ancient egyptian relic that he was previously holding and so he he just takes the one with the gravy leaving the actual lamp there have you never seen a gravy boat i've seen a gravy boat they do not resemble ancient Arabian lamps. Sometimes they do. Not to this degree. <laughs> You've just never seen a fancy enough gravy boat. Maybe. 
Maybe if I rub a gravy boat, I'll get a gravy genie. So my question Ooh, is, he, want, if he's running around a... with this lamp, how did he not spill gravy everywhere and notice? Guys, but I want a, I want a, a gravy genie. I do want a gravy. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. But he can only, he can only grant gravy-related wishes. No, I want a genie that is always around. Like, is it only? Can, will it be, like, multiple types of gravy? Like, can I get, like, oh, yeah, chicken yeah. gravy? He can do any type of gravy. Yeah. But it has to be gravy. No, like, that's great, because sometimes I just get mashed potatoes, and I'm like, gravy would make this better. And I'm like, gravy, genie, give me some gravy. <laughs> I love a gravy, genie, because ge gravy is the hardest part to make. And if I could just have a gravy, genie, to grant me some gravy, yeah, that'd be gravy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let yourself out. I'm really hungry now. Uh, I really okay, want. Some, I'd you really just go eat some gravy. Dear gravy genie, we <laughs> wish for gravy from I'd the sky. I'd really love some chicken fried steak right now <laughs> with some well, gravy. Well, we'll and be potatoes. taking a break soon. Let's get through this movie. Yeah, but first. that's not going to get me some chicken fried steak, now, is it? It could. Find a genie. I don't know what to tell you. Where's my gravy genie? Oh. He's in your gravy boat. Anywho, uh, so now Dijon has the lamp. Dijon. Dijon. Do you have some green poupon? Salon Dijon <laughs> has the lamp. <laughs> and he, his immediate thought is, why don't I give it to Murloc? Because Murloc's my boss. He's been wanting the lamp for a long time. And he's always treated me with a lot of respect. He hasn't. Um, so... <laughs> The genie decides to, instead of going with Murloc, who was his previous master, she's like, well, why don't you make some wishes? And Dijon, a character we have previously established, is very conniving and will steal anything for himself, given the chance, didn't think of this on his own. His harem pants can fit so much stuff. Like, imagine the snacks you could fit in those things. Yeah, just so much gravy. So much gravy. No. <laughs> and that would be gravy. <laughs> that would be <laughs> All right. It's my new catchphrase. So, so uh, Scrooge is taking the lamp or his gravy boat to his vault. And by the time he gets there, Dijon has made his first wish. And now this place belongs to Dijon. And so Scrooge gets kicked out, he gets thrown in jail, and ends up with nothing. All of his relatives and all of his servants, who apparently still want to work for him, pool all of their money just to post bail for Scrooge so he can get out of jail, but, like, he has no money. Like, the, the defining feature of Scrooge is now gone. And he, this is the low point of the film. This is just before the third act where everything seems its bleakest. And I couldn't care less. I thought his defining feature was being Scottish. Uh, well, yeah, that and dressing like Mr. Monopoly. <laughs> uh, his name is not Mr. Monopoly. <laughs> it's, what is it, Uncle Pennybags? Oh, MC yeah, Pennybags. Pennybags Uncle is what Penny I said. <laughs> Horatio. 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 <laughs> Um, everyone's forget. named yeah, money bags something. It's it penny uh, money bags penny bags penny worth penny pennywise is what pennywise. <laughs> no, uh, Buttersworth. Yeah, Miss Mister Buttersworth. <laughs> He's the husband. You don't hear about him a lot. 
Rightfully man. I think Mr. Buttersworth might be the name of the Rich Uncle Pennybags. Great Uncle Pennybags, of course. So I was right with Pennybags. Okay. I was close with Pennywise and also Pennybags. And that he is your uncle. All right. So he's your uncle and he never this gives is, you money. This is supposed to be the low point of the film where Scrooge is supposed to learn his lesson. He's supposed to get closer with his family. And I just, I don't care. Maybe it's just like, I didn't love these characters growing up. Like I watched them. I enjoyed the series, but I wasn't a fanatic about them. I think if I was, maybe I'd care more about Scrooge losing all of his money. Also up to this point, Scrooge has kind of been acting like a jerk. Uh, he wants to, he has said that the genie is not a person, he is a thing to be used for gain. Uh, and like, that's not cool. That's not a cool ideal, uh, idea to install in your children. And like, now that he's lost everything, I'm supposed to care about him. And I don't. Because he's a cartoon character, he's a one-note cartoon character, and it's... This didn't ring true for me. It didn't pull on the emotional heartstrings I think it was intended to do. So basically you're saying you want this movie to end with yeah, here. Uncle Scrooge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want it to end with Murloc with the lamp. Not Dijon. <laughs> Murloc. Uh, and Uncle Scrooge I just have nothing. Scarl's you one want of the people that Uncle always wants Scrooge the to win. Getting like shipped off to walk across the ice like in the third Batman movie when they're trying uh-huh. to eat the rich. Right. Yeah, this is uh so I'm glad you brought up the third Batman movie because <laughs> they they did this a lot with films around that time. I think Spyfall had a scene much like this where the heroes that you know, they basically take away everything that is essential for the character. And so Batman is rich and Batman is a skilled martial artist. In the third Batman movie, they made him uh they made him go to a doctor and say, "Well, you've got a lot of ligament trouble. You probably can't keep up your physical regiment anymore and oh yeah, you have no money." Uh in the Bond movie, he's supposed to be the best spy out there, but he can't pass a freaking physical because he's been on vacation for a couple of months. Uh, and like now we have Scrooge McDuck, whose defining feature is that he is the richest cartoon character ever. And now he's got no money whatsoever. And so the defining features of these characters, the thing that make them interesting, they just don't have that anymore. And so like, I don't care about the character if he doesn't have money because his defining feature is money. I thought James Bond defining feature was being hot and British. I mean, it can be more than one thing. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, everyone say <laughs> hi to Mark's dad. Uh, hi. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this does bring us to the third act, which is the part I remembered seeing this as a kid, because I thought I hadn't seen it, where they need to break into Scrooge's vault, which is where Dijon is with the lamp. And luckily, you keep Scrooge saying that knows... word. Isn't it just Dijon? Isn't it just mustard? Yeah, Dijon. You keep saying it like Dijon. Yeah, Salon Dijon. <laughs> I don't know. However, you keep pronouncing it. It sounds weird to me, and I don't like it. Fine, DJ Dijon. <laughs> um, is... Nope, that's worse. <laughs> I DJ take it back. Dijon. Thank you. All right, Jean Dijon uh, <laughs> okay. is. Don Juan Triumphant. 
Yeah, he's holed up in this tower, and luckily Scrooge knows every security measure to protect his money, and how to get around them all. Not just all the secret codes that apparently Dijon uh, did not change, but also like how to get around all of the laser grids that are essential in these 1990s security grids, because of course they are. While this is cool, and this makes perfect sense to a child, this is a terrible security system. Security systems should not be based on having a way to get past them. They're supposed to keep everyone out, not just the people who are skilled enough to figure them out. This is the problem I have with uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, where the protection measures they put in place to protect this greatest treasure could be defeated by first years who only know baseline magic. <laughs> this is a flawed security system. There's also a similar thing <laughs> in the pacifier. But I'm sure no one's ever seen the pacifier. I have oh, I have seen, seen the pacifier. Yeah, where to get past it, he has to recite the nursery rhyme that the father taught his children. Yeah! And, and at one point, hold his breath for a poisonous gas that dissolves in an instant unless you inhale it. Vin Diesel's really likable in that, though. And Brad Garrett sings Climb Every Mountain, which is kind of hilarious. Any whom, they're breaking into this thing, and it's actually a pretty cool scene. I mean, but bad security. They, they have the instructions to get through the laser grid thing. They get, of course, he gets so far. Why I don't know why he didn't read the whole thing beforehand. He's trying to read it while he's in the laser grid, and then the laser cuts the paper out of his hands. So the his, the brothers are like, "Oh no, come back!" So he runs back through it without the instructions and makes it out anyway. And then they then they decide, "Oh, let's just shoot a marble at the button to turn it off." <laughs> yeah, because like. If a security grid suddenly short-circuits, well, of course, that disables everything. It doesn't alert an alarm uh, to notify the cops or whatever. But when he runs out, he discusses that one of the lasers did hit him, but luckily he was wearing a helmet. So while the lasers are hot enough to burn through paper, they are not deadly enough to go through a person's helmet, and they're also not like like laser pointers where they signal an alarm. Getting hit by them basically does nothing. At, I mean, th at this point, Murloc was a cockroach, and he was riding on his helmet, and he gets hit by the laser, so maybe he just took all the force of it, and that's why it didn't hit him. But even then, it didn't kill him, so... Well, he is immortal. That's his first wish. True. Is he immortal, or is it just that he lives forever? Because living forever, I guess, is different than not being able to be killed. Because you can have where you don't age, but you can still get damaged. I think live forever means that you could get damaged, but you can't die. Because hmm. you have, like, vampires. You can kill a vampire, but they don't, they don't die of natural causes. But they can die of nat unnatural causes. And then you have people that are immortal that, like, they don't die at all. They can't die of any causes. Also, I'm not sure what the kids are accomplishing. Because Scrooge is doing a different infiltration where he's parachuting down on top of the building and then breaking into the elevator shaft to get to the penthouse, which is where Dijon uh, and the lamp are. I forget what the kids accomplished downstairs that allowed him to progress forward, if anything. 
What did you think about the weirdly realistically drawn spiders in the oh. air tunnel in the shaft? Not a fan. <laughs> it was really weird because everything else is so cartoony and those were like really like creepy realistic spiders. Yeah, yeah. At one point, Webigail is going through a vent and she looks into the vent and there is no less than four spiders in the first foot of this vent that crawl away from her. And they're big, like, big legs, like, huntsman spider sort of things. And I'm like, yeah. they're not, like, creepy cartoon, like, like fat-legged cartoon spiders. Those are, like, long-legged, hairy things. And I'm like, who thought they wanted to draw them in that style? It's Carl's favorite thing. Uh-huh, right. It was just really funny that that's the style they decided to go with. Yeah, this is the one place we're going to be ultra-realistic. <laughs> it's just this, like, four-second shot of spiders in a tunnel. So, I forget what the kids did, if anything. Uh, Scrooge is able to break into the vault. He grabs a hold of the lamp, but just as he does it, Murloc uh, is able to transform and grab the lamp and become the master uh, and makes a wish that he wants the this place to turn into his old home. And immediately they start making fun of his design choices, <laughs> which, fair enough, they're pretty ugly by my standards. But, like, this is what the man enjoys. Like, it is a weird weird like rock formation type thing think evil spire castle type thing is what he has it all turned into which hey if that's your thing and this is your wish go for it i don't know why the kids have to make fun of him for it i don't know what were your thoughts on his design principles I had, when I was doing the 60-second second synopsis, I had a part that I had to cut out where I called it a grotesque castle. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had to cut think, it out just for time, unfortunately. I think grotesque is a good, like, grotesque and gothic, I think are, you put those two styles together. I think grotesque that's a pretty good description. is a gargoyle that isn't attached to a water spout. Oh. So, like, the, um, the Disney TV series Gargoyles? I mean, yeah, I don't think those are attached to water spouts. Because gargoyles should have, like, the, they should be actually spouts, where grotesques would just be decorative carvings and have no real function. This has been Sarah's Gargoyle <laughs> Podcast. Yeah! You've learned something. <laughs> yeah. We should maybe have a, not a planned segment, just a segment where you insert anytime Sarah's random facts. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what every episode is, right? That's true. Uh, and at this point, I have in my notes, well, I guess Murloc has won. Uh, we, have the, <laughs> we have the ultimate sorcerer with infinite wishes uh, getting everything that he wants. He takes off to the sky using a wish where he has his old home back. Now he wants to tr have it travel to back to his homeland. And so it takes off into the sky... Uh, he wishes, he has the genie use a gust of wind to blow Scrooge off of his tower, because he doesn't want Scrooge there anymore. And the kids use their one and only tool to solve all of their problems, and launch a marble at uh, the wizard knocking the lamp out of his hands. 
Because they have the marble from the beginning, which they used to um, do the traps, which I also remember from the beginning because I thought, like, I don't know why as a child I thought, like, any of those, like, like step traps I thought were cool. <laughs> and I thought, like, using anything to, like, set off the step trap so you didn't get, like, an arrow through the head, I thought was like, oh, this is so cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kids love traps. <laughs> uh, and... It turns out, as an adult, you don't really get to set traps, and you don't really get to disarm traps, unless you're, like, a bomb tech or something. There was something about that animation of, like, flipping the marble that just, I don't know, it just appealed to me, of the, the marble and hitting the one little square that you knew was gonna do something because it was a slightly when different Hera, color Sarah in the animation. When house, she's gonna just have little booby traps all over with buttons I'm, on the floor. And I'm gonna have Sarah's so many turns... To a dinner party, but in order to get to the table, we all need to solve a series of clues and disarm all the traps. Oh, in it's order gonna to be like a house. very special episode that turns into a where you think it's a murder mystery party, but then it turns into a real murder that turns <laughs> out to be just have been the murder mystery party, but I tricked you into thinking it was a real murder. That's terrible. <laughs> Did you not watch? I think. Golden Girls did that. I think Saved by the Bell did that. Sure. I think there was a couple others. Yeah, it's great. Boy Meets World, surely. Oh, no, that turned out to just have been a dream because Sean was upset that he was getting left behind. I know my 90s sitcoms. To finish off this film, there's not much of it left. Scrooge falls off the tower. Uh, they knock the lamp out of Murloc's hands. The lamp goes off of Scrooge. Murloc dives after it. I guess turning into a bird. He must have, right? A griffin. I don't remember. Oh, right. A griffin. Uh, you know, the, the creature with the best hands for grabbing things midair. <laughs> uh, and they fight in the air. Apparently, this old and feeble Scrooge is able to wrestle the lamp out of the hands of Murloc and manages to pull the talisman off as well, meaning Murloc turns back into his human, quote-unquote, form, and falls to his death, uh, while Scrooge uses his last wish to reverse everything and get things back to normal. Uh, though, do we think Murloc is dead? Because he should have infinite life based on his first wish from the genie. So... You and I talked about this before we started recording. When I was watching this, uh, I had not really paid attention beforehand to the length of the movie. And I was assuming this was going to be another one of those, oh, look, the, the, the bad guy fell off this thing and everything's happy again until suddenly we find out he's still alive. And then there's going to be another big battle at the end. And then all of a sudden it was the end of the movie. And I was like, oh, it's over already. <laughs> so I think... I did not assume that he would actually have been dead at this point, but he doesn't come back in this movie. Maybe he'll come back later, but he never did, to my knowledge, so... <laughs> Maybe they were planning a sequel and then decided, oh, with the ending that we have, that doesn't really make sense. Uh, because, oh no, Scrooge doesn't use his last wish. Of course he doesn't. He uses his second wish. His last wish, of course is to free this little genie boy and make him a regular child. Uh, he gets to say, I'm a real boy, just like Pinocchio, um, and gets to go off and play with all the little kids in Scrooge's uh, house. Now, does Scrooge become the uh, adopted parent of this genie? Because we never see him again. 
He gets taken into the foster system and never seen again. Yeah, that might be worse than being a genie. Because, like, he's lost all of his magic powers. He can't fly anymore. Um, maybe he's retained all the knowledge that he had? Maybe. But if so, he's just an incredibly intelligent little boy, uh, who has to live his entire life with people, like, looking down on him because he's a child. So, I'm seeing a thing that says that Murloc probably died that because when the genie was freed, all of the wishes he granted ah. reverted back, and therefore the immortality, like, um, uh, Dijon getting turned into a pig and stuff like that. All of those got canceled out because the genie's not a genie anymore. So all of his magic's gone. So would Murloc no longer be immortal? So either he's, he may not be dead, but he's no longer immortal. So maybe he's just stuck in a pit. I will buy that because. And so he's going to be dying very soon. I don't think they would have made the, uh. The wish quick enough that he wouldn't have hit the ground yeah. before they made the So wish. he might be immortal and hit the ground, but maybe he's just, like, stuck in a pit, slowly starving to death. And I, I like how this film ends, because it, it ends in classic uh, DuckTales style, where uh, Scrooge goes to dive into his pool of money, uh, his golden coins, his treasury, uh, and who should be in there but Dijon himself, or Dijon if you prefer who is stealing from Scrooge once again and loading up those pants with gold. Uh, And so he gets chased through the town by Scrooge, who wants his money back. Uh, And it ends with the line, somebody catch those pants, (laughs) which I thought was pretty great. He's got to be more careful. That's how Benny died. Well, yeah. mm, Benny died because he got too greedy or just because he... He was already trapped in the the pyramid, wasn't he? He was trying... What was Benny doing? In The Mummy? He got eaten by scarabs, right? He had taken... He got trapped in the... Because he had taken out a lot of treasure and loaded up the camel. Yeah. Um, And then I think he got a little too greedy and kind of get out when the thing was uh, going back into the sand. And so he either got crushed or beetle eaten. Yeah, being greedy, that's how he died. You gotta watch yourself, Dijon. Anywho, we have covered this movie. Do we have any more notes? No. Ooh. (laughs) I'm sorry, is that DuckTales for no? (laughs) Um, Well, if it is, they say say no a lot in their theme song, so. It does end with the theme song, which is a really nice touch. Oh, I love the theme song because it just, like, it picks up and just makes you excited. So ending with it, Definitely gives you the sense, like, oh, I'm going to go watch another one, because they're starting a new adventure. And so when I was looking at this, I think the TV show ran, like, 1987 to 1990, and this movie was 1990. So I don't know if it came out, like, after the end of the actual series, or if it was in the middle of that or something, but... I wonder if it just kind of died out after this, like <laughs> if, if people did like were they just must tired have made more tales or something. They must have made more films. Uh, I think uh, maybe it's the case that a lot of animated things get films when they're at the end of their run or when they're just insanely, insanely popular. Uh, because if you do it at the end of the run, then like the animators of the cartoon series don't have to reference anything that happened in any of these films, and these films aren't really canon. But, 
let's go on to games. Our first game is the pitch game, where we put together one, two, or three properties in the form. It's this meets this to describe this film. So, Mark, you are going to start us off and tell us what is DuckTales, Treasure of the Lost Lamp, in terms of other things. And Sarah? Oh, sorry. Oh. Sarah, keep your ears peeled, because we are still guessing. Okay, that's what I was right. going to say. Also, I'm going to say you better listen really well for this first one. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, actually, I'm sure you'll get it in about two seconds, but I wrote down a lot of stuff. Um, because it's a movie where the villain uses a magical item to cast spells, the villain follows the heroes while the heroes do all the work to find the treasure. The hero sidekick manages to keep most valuable item from the treasure when the villain sidekick thinks he has it. A magical creature living in a lamp who grants three wishes to each master has a goofy disposition and is set free at the end of the film. <gasps> and that's all one movie. And uh -huh. <laughs> that meets a movie where the hero is chauffeured by a pilot to a remote area in search of old relics. A large chest is hoisted from the ground through a hole in the sand. The hero finds treasure that is immediately stolen by the villain... And it starts in a temple full of booby traps. Also, well, also he plans to bring treasure to a museum. <laughs> well, I'm uh, a butcher on both of them. Uh, I have one of those and almost used both of those. Uh -huh. I'm glad I didn't. I have one of those. I had to say them both first because I uh -huh. figured everyone would have them. Fair enough. Uh, Sarah, do you want to just do this together? <laughs> and in three... Two, one. It's Aladdin, Aladdin meets, meets Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Uh, but there are multiple Late Indiana Raiders Jones. of the Lost Ark. <laughs> the yeah. first Indiana Jones. Yes. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go ahead here. Um, a film with characters exploring temples with booby traps to find lost treasures, featuring scenes with releasing an ancient spirit from its container, backstabbing assistants, and very dangerous airplanes. And a film that is a classic story retold with cartoon characters of mostly one species, glazing over some details to make the story work, featuring disarming traps breaking into a tower and the main villain falling to his death. Babe, pig in the city. Not a cartoon. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just thought it'd be funny. It's pretty great. Well, the first one uh -huh. is Indiana Jones. What? Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, hmm. Retelling, cartoon retelling, mostly one species. Cats don't dance. What? So this is a property that has had... A lot of adaptations. It started in literature. Uh, it's had uh, lots of movies, uh, various TV series. Um, this is a cartoon adaptation of those characters. Um, let's see. Um, Peppa Pig. So the the Berenstein Bears. I will say the cartoon characters they are turned in of the mouse or rat variety. Redwall! Nope. The Great Mouse Detective. The Great Mouse Detective is correct. Ha! <laughs> uh, 
I am not a big fan of that film. I remember this. <laughs> Sorry, I thought that it was they were. I got confused by the turning into mice. The only the only okay. thing I did that because I remember the villain falling to his death, and that was right. the thing. Yeah, and the tower they break into is Big Ben, as opposed to Scrooge's fault. Mm. Anywho, Sarah, take us away with your first one. I'm trying to think, I'm not gonna. Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna leave the obvious one for last. Okay. Let's do the weird one. Great. A treasure hunt led by a kind of unlikable older gentleman who believe who is trying to find a treasure that most of his colleagues believe doesn't exist. Meets a society that is now animal-based with animals going about their lives. <laughs> That's it? That's all you're giving us for the second one? Yeah. Is that... Um, so, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. No. Nah. I assume the first one is Atlantis the Lost Empire. No. Oh. It's not wow. a cartoon. It's not a cartoon. And think a lot more unlikable. I came now, up with this one when you talked about how you didn't find Scrooge very likable. Right. Mm. So, is the person, is the actor unlikable, or is the character unlikable? The character's probably more likable than the person, but this actor is actually a lot of his character, the character's kind of unlikable too, and they actually, he's more, I will say this is a s kind of a series, and he's also, the character's kind of grumpy and unlikable too. Huh. Is this Nicolas Cage? It is Nicolas Cage! <laughs> right. It's National Treasure. It is National Treasure! <laughs> okay. Uh, the second one was just animals going about their business. D did you reference Animal Farm? No. Is that what we're talking no, this about? this is a human uh... society, but with animals. The animals are doing human society. Zootopia. Zootopia! <laughs> oh, okay. Because uh, I was trying good. to think of what other thing have like it's just human society, but it's just animals, and I'm like that was the only thing I could think of when you said that, but I have no idea how it has anything to do with this other because than because it's, it's basically animals. the same it's, society. It's, it's basically just these are just normal human stuff, except now we got ducks. Like they're not doing any duck things. There's no reason for them to be ducks except duck ducks. Wee. Like, except to make duck puns, there's no reason why any of these things should be animals, except so we can make animal puns. Yeah, they don't make I totally forgot puns. to mention something earlier, and it's going to screw up one of my games. But <laughs> was it an okay. animal pun? Anyway, but I was just like, DuckTales is just the prototype for Zootopia. So, my second one, I'm going to see if I can steal Sarah's other one before she says it. Yeah, I know it's coming. Do you? Okay. Um, because this is a movie where Christopher Lloyd is playing an evil animated character in a Disney mm. film with wacky antics and incompetent sidekicks, mm -hmm. meeting a movie where they are travel to ancient Egypt to find a lost treasure, a domino effect knocks, knocks over several objects to introduce uh -huh. one of the heroes, the ancient villain with magical abilities with the comedic sidekick who only cares about the treasure, the villain falls to his death after the final battle with the hero. Right. I know both of these. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to remember the first one. What? Which is always the trick in this game. Oh, I know the first one. No, I, I just... Uh, I knew it when he was saying it, and then I forgot it by the time he finished the second one. Mm-hmm. 
Is it Who Framed Roger Rabbit? That is oh, correct. Right. Of course it is. Of course. It was either, though it could have fit in for Rasputin in yes. Anastasia as well, but except he it's said not Disney. Side, he said sidekicks. Right, true. Mm-hmm. Which is, he has the weasels, which is three of them, whereas Rasputin only has the bat, which is yes. one. Yes, so it's Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Meets and the, the mummy. other one I've already forgot, which is the mummy. <laughs> because yes. Evie, when you meet her, knocks down all of the bookshelves. That's right. All right. So my next one. We'll do... Hmm, well, you know, I think I'll be going last. So I'll save the one that hasn't been used yet, and I'll do this one, which has a property that we've already discussed. So... <clears throat> a man who has lost his reputation, searching for a treasure people think is fictional, risking and almost losing everything to bring it to the public's attention, but plans to donate most of it to museums. He finds the precious relics and retires to his mansion in the end. And a film with well-known characters inserted into an Egyptian setting, looking for treasure but inadvertently awakening an ancient supernatural being, featuring a powerful medallion, a treacherous local guide, and some great physical humor. Scooby-Doo eats the mummy. So close. (laughs) (laughs) I meant Scooby-Doo that didn't anyway. (laughs) So I assume you know the first one. Um, is that Indiana Jones again? No, no I think no, we heard the same Indiana movie Indiana twice. Oh, did we? Sorry. Uh, was that the mommy? No. <laughs> I don't remember what you said. A man who lost his reputation searching for a treasure people think is fictional. Oh, is... Is it Nicolas Cage? <laughs> I think it's Nicolas Cage. <laughs> or is it Nicolas Cage's father? Oh... Is it his entire family? Because their family lost their reputation. That's uh, true. Blah, blah, blah. But he's Although that's technically more the second one when they think yeah, that they true. helped John Wilkes Booth. And the other one was the one that I thought was Scooby-Doo meeting a mummy. But that's You are not so true. close. Is it that. just Scooby-Doo? The, no. the live action no, no. movie? <laughs> Scooby-Doo is the wrong part of the title. Abbott and Costello. Meets the mummy. Abbott and Costello meet the mummy is correct. <laughs> I don't know. Scooby-Doo, the live-action movie, does have that weird amulet that Scrappy-Doo has that sucks the souls out of people. I mean, he just does that naturally. I don't know well, why you he went, needs a You went old school for that one. <laughs> I sure did. You know what? Let's watch the Scooby-Doo movie. That was funnier than Ugh. I expected to be. Good. With yeah. the fact that they Where made... Where the monsters are real... They made Scrappy do the villain? That's because you Scrappy had... is the worst. Yeah, Scrappy is the worst. Uh, but, like, you had Freddie Prinze Jr., you had Sarah Michelle Gellar, Matthew Willard, and who was the the girl? It wasn't Ellen Page, uh, it was it, the... No, it's, it's what's-her-name from Freaks and Geeks. Right. Uh, oh, Ka- yeah, uh, that Linda, one. Uh, Linda, uh... Appleby. No, Catal... I can't pronounce her last name. Cattle... That's <laughs> why I always call her Ellen Page. Anyway, yeah. Mark Cardellini. Go oh, ahead and do your. I last do one. have a third one. You do. At least you told me you did. Yeah. Well, I came up with this while we were talking, so these are a oh little, boy. a little more scattered in there. Uh huh. Not that the other first ones were Is really this, that organized. Now wait. Does this contain the reference to a horde that I mentioned earlier? I don't think so. All right, we'll find out. Go ahead. <clears throat> because it's a movie where a powerful sorcerer curses a nation for uh, for all time after not being invited to a party. Mm-hmm. And 
a movie where the villain is voiced by a well-known TV and film actor, a rescue mission where the heroes enter via an air vent, travel up an elevator shaft, and once reaching their goal are turned away having failed the mission. Mission Impossible 3. A friend is saved from falling out of a flying contraption. In the end, friendship and loyalty win, and a new family is created by adopting newfound friends. Fast and the Furious. (laughs) Probably. That is not Family. Correct. Mission Impossible 3. No. Dang, I gotta start writing these down. Yeah. Because I always forget the first one. Going up an air vent. The first one was the short one. A s- powerful sorcerer curses a nation for all time after not being invited to a party. Is this just Maleficent or Sleeping Beauty? Yes. Which one? Sleeping Beauty. It could have been either one, I suppose. Sure. And the other something about an air vent... Yeah, going up an air vent. Or the elevator shaft. Finding a new family. Which was why I made the Mission Impossible reference. It's also why you made the... The Fast Fast and and Furious. Furious. I start Mission Impossible every movie they go up an elevator shaft. It's not an elevator shaft. It's an air vent. They come down an air vent. No, 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 no. In Mission Impossible, the first one, the guy is in an elevator shaft and gets smushed... (laughs) Oh. He does! See? Alright. But that doesn't happen in this one. They just climb up an elevator shaft and then and back then down. Down. Spy Kids. Oh! Uh, Toy Story. That is almost correct. Toy, Toy Story 2. Toy 2. <laughs> Alright. Fair enough. Very picky. I forgot All about right. the thing with Zerg and they're on the thing and Zerg. he's like, Father? I am your father. <laughs> Alright. Yes. My last one. Here I we go. Ha- uh, oh, do I go last? I mean, yeah. Do you have I another one? I thought you didn't have, have any more. I have three. Oh. You had three? You said two and a half. I, oh, I found another movie. <laughs> All right. You can finish us off. Uh, so, my last one. A Disney film where a child finds a genie in a container they mistake for something else, who has many limitations on what he can do, where wishes are squandered on junk food, and the genie gets freedom in the end. And a film based on a cartoon TV series that feels less like a movie and more like an extended episode, featuring a single voice actor playing multiple characters, a family getting their house back in the end, and a pig character that people eventually forget about. I've only said one, haven't I? Pig character that people eventually forget about? A pig character, yes. Toy Story. Nope. (laughs) He, he's memorable. The Amityville Horror. What? Ah. The demon, it looks like a pig. Mm. Alright, how about the first one? Do you know the first one? What was it again? Uh, genie uh, in a container mistaken for something else. Um, wishes are squandered on junk food. Uh, genie gets his freedom in the end. This really terrible Russian movie that I watched where there was a genie and in the end the young boy learned how to be a good Soviet citizen. I'm sure that's oh, it's, the one. It's a really terrible movie. You got that part right. I have to look up what the name of that oh, movie was. was it Shazam? Oh, that's close. <laughs> but that's not the name that oh, no. Shaquille O'Neal took. That's Kazam! True. That's the one. Kazam is correct. Alright, so the second one... Um, Cartoon series feels like an extended episode. I will Tarzan. tell you, I think 
this might be where the line, uh, it's just a little airborne, it's still good, it's still good, comes from. <laughs> that was, well, I guess that was Maybe in that was an episode. Was, that was in an episode. The line, that yes, but. Wait, what was the second it's, one? It's Mark. the Simpsons movie. Oh. There you go. <laughs> spider Pig, I... Spider Pig, or Harry Plopper. Oh, man. I have never. Oh, I I didn't pick good movies, no. in part because I didn't like this movie. <laughs> the Simpson movie is not great. It, Like I said, it just feels like an extended episode. Anyway, let's go on to our second game now. I've only done one! Hey, she didn't do her thing. Alright, alright. Sarah, get it in here. I forgot. I'm so sorry. Well, one was just The Mummy and Aladdin, and I'm not even going to bother. It's fine, it's fine. My fine. other one sorry. is a greedy guardian of gold who also has a lot of small, interchangeable people who basically are the same character and all talk the same and who knows how to tell them apart. There's the now, one which one the of the trilogy did you pick here? <laughs> Meets a movie about finding a treasure in a distant land where the villain has questionable facial hair and sideburns. <laughs> so, um... I don't know the sideburns one. This offhand. one you will not get unless I this don't... is unless this is frozen because there are weird no. sideburns. <laughs> I really don't remember why I picked the second one to start with. All right, but the first one's obviously the Hobbit, mm. and uh, those like there's there's the important ones that you remember like right. Keely and Feely and Thorin, and then and you're Thorin. like, and then you're like, oh, right, right, and then, there's, then the rest. Um, <laughs> there's Borin. Uh, who's just boring? It, uh, it's a double. It's a pl- double entendre because it also means making there's holes. There's the really fat one. There's the really old one. There's the really like young one with the beard. That's the scribe. That's really sad. Oh, right. And then he in his which later one, life, he... which one falls in love with female elf? That's Keely. Uh... And it ruins his death scene. But we're not talking about it. But there's the one that's really sad and looks even younger than Keely and Feely, even though he's supposed to be older than them. And he he's like the scribe on the journey, and he's the one who eventually dies later in the mines of Moria. Gotcha. So, what was your second movie? It was about finding treasure in a distant location where the villain has very is like burly and has facial hair and sideburns and he's he's <laughs> the Odyssey. Uh, think think newer. Newer than the Odyssey? But do think a boat. Okay, so there's a boat. There's definitely... Jason and the Argonauts. Think newer. <laughs> okay, gotta get out but of keep Greek the boat. Mm. Um, and also think a villain with, with... Pirates of the Caribbean. Closer. Closer. Um, Pirates of the Black Sea. I don't know if these You're are... correct with pirates, but pirates is not in the name. Oh. So there was a cartoon series that I don't. Uh, there, uh, it did have pirates in the name. It's the Pirates of Blackwater. There's that no I was pirates of. is not in the name. It okay. is a very famous thing involving treasure and pirates. Hmm. Is it Muppet Treasure Island? It's not Muppet Treasure Island. It's just Treasure, just treasure <laughs> Island. Okay. Well, the Muppet one is better anyway. I mean, yeah. it is, but I just went with Treasure Island. Jim, I could have gone Jim, with Jim, Jim. I could have gone with Treasure Planet. That's true. 
Because that was actually True. the first thing that popped into my now, head did, when you started. Did Treasure that. Planet have weird sidebirds? Yeah. Well. Yeah, he he kind of does. He's got a robot eye too, but he does have big burly sideburns. That's a movie. That's a great movie. Why do, why aren't they making a live action version of that? Because that'd be great. It would. There's rumors right. that they are, and Andrew Gar not Andrew Garfield. Um, Tom Holland. They're oh. Talking about, no, or it was Tom Holland for Atlantis. I don't know. As Milo. Either way, he'd be great for either. He's got that like scrappy. I gotta, I gotta go get adventure. Yeah, uh, he's a great Peter Parker. <laughs> Too bad Spider-Man's dead. Anywho, let's move on to our second game, which is alternate tagline, a word or phrase you would see on the poster for this film that encapsulates the theme, though possibly misses the point. Mark, why don't you start us off again? Um, Ducktales, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. <laughs> Small pizza, mushroom, black olives, Kalamata olives. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that the, your tagline, or is that a pizza order? So it was a pizza. Order. It was a pizza order. This happened when Sarah was at my house and took up my notebook where I had already written the word taglines and wrote a pizza order underneath it. <laughs> oh, that's that's wonderful. Um, so actually, my real tagline is something right. else. A whole new Duckburg. <laughs> oh, I hate it. Ah, uh, yep, I hate it. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, so my first tagline, if I can find it here. So Ducktales, Treasure of the Lost Lamp, granting any three wishes you desire, as long as they meet very specific criteria. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it. Sarah, go ahead. You ready for this very, very straightforward tagline? Oh, yeah, she's now, giving us Sarah, the real one, isn't is she? This is the real one. This is the real one. All right. DuckTales of the movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Scrooge McDuck's first full-length animated feature film. And his last. <laughs> uh, that, it, and it's such a great tagline, isn't it? I know, right? Well, I mean, it gives you all the information you need. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're a big fan of Scrooge McDuck, this movie is maybe for you. <laughs> it tells you everything. Oh. Uh, you might notice a theme in mind, too, here. Uh huh. DuckTales, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. One Robin Williams short of being a classic. Ah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, I can see why they went with a Robin Williams. Uh, <laughs> even though that did screw up basically every movie afterwards for voice actors. Because only. Celebrities we get cast in big roles. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, my second one. DuckTales, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Getting out of every situation by just using their marbles. <laughs> I really wanted Thank to you. do something with marbles, but I couldn't think of one, so I'm glad you did. Nice. All right, Sarah, are you out? I would hate to skip you again. <laughs> I, yes, that is all the taglines this movie had. All right, great. Mark, go ahead. So, <clears throat> this is one that I forgot to talk about during the podcast, so it will make no sense whatsoever. DuckTales, Treasure of the Lost Lamp, White Ducks Can't Fly. <laughs> and the reason this came up, since I have to explain it, is at the end they're on a flying castle, Scrooge gets knocked off, and is falling to his doom, and it's this whole big thing that he's going to fall and die, but he's a duck, so he has yeah, wings and can fly, so... 
Ooh, is that the difference between pets and humans or bipeds? Where, like, flying creatures, if they're a pet, could fly. Because we see a bird fly. But if you're, like, a, a larger creature, creature, you don't have the wingspan? Maybe. Or maybe your body's too fat for your tiny little duck arms. I have to imagine Scrooge is just so thin and pale. Like, he doesn't spend money on food. And they've given up kind of their, like, flying feathers for, like, those weird finger feathers. That's true. He should be able to fly. Anyway, my last one. <clears throat> DuckTales, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Despite the best efforts, the rich just keep getting richer. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Alrighty, let's go into our final game, which is the TV Guide game. A description of the plot of the film you find in the TV Guide or Netflix description, which accurately describes the plot of the film, but hopefully misses the point. So, Mark, go ahead and start us off again. The richest treasure hunter in Duckburg decides to donate his latest find to a museum for the tax deductions. Wrong! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it needs a boo in there or something. Wah, wah. There it is. For some reason, my mind went to the um, the Inception bomb, <laughs> and that's all I could come up with. Anyway, my first one. <clears throat> a man waits many, many years to achieve his dreams, only to be thwarted by some spoiled children and their new friend. DuckTales. Ooh. <laughs> oh, great. That was terrible. All right, Sarah, did you come up with any for this? Nope. Yay. Great. Oh, Mark, me again. go ahead. <clears throat> Eccentric billionaire Scrooge McDuck risks the lives of his closest friends and family for a tiny pile of gold. Ha. Accurate. All right, my last one here. Three very greedy men compete over the one item that can satisfy their avarice, only to have it end up in the hands of the one of them who started out with the most, who decides not to use it, making the entire journey ultimately pointless. Yep. All right. <laughs> Let's go on to our review oh, scales. Right. Our first, of course, is our infamous potato scale, where we tell you the, the effectiveness of the emotional states of the film in terms of our relationships with potatoes. Now, while I look it up, as I always do, one of you, go ahead. What is DuckTales' Treasure of the Lost Lamp in terms of potatoes? How dare you think I've looked this up? I actually did. Haha. <laughs> while I want to say that I enjoy it, I think... I think to some point it's better than some other children's animated movies you could watch. But I don't think it was necessarily made for adults, even though they tried to throw in adult-type jokes. <laughs> I It was just not really doing it for me. So I did have j tater tots, which was just for kids, but also added in potato skins because there were a few good moments in there that would make me chuckle or like some of the scenes were interesting, but there just wasn't enough there. Um... I gave it a potato skins as well. I mean, for it to be, like, it's full, full-length, like, motion picture, this is a TV movie. Like, if this played as it being, like, this is a special, like, hour-long episode of DuckTales, it would be great. It'd be fun. This, like, 
having this be the special episode. Great for it being a put-out-on-VHS full-length movie. It's just okay. It's not... This is a... This is a, like, third-tier Disney movie. That's fine. It, it's it's a TV movie. That's what it is. So, potato skins. It's It's got some parts that are fun, and it's still a Disney, like, a DuckTales movie, but, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I think I'm... I had similar reviews as the both of you. Um, I was thinking definitely Tater Tots. I think I would have enjoyed this if I was a kid. Um, the Especially the humor of the genie or Gene or Shabooey or whatever you want to call him. Um, I think that would resonate with me as a child just because I liked cartoon characters that made funny noises. That was my steez when I was little. Is that how you turned out how you did? Huh? But um, bum. I insulted Bam. you. It's fine. I wish I would have heard that insult. <laughs> um, you can hear it on editing. Haha, I probably will. All right. Uh, but I want to give this a raw potato as well because because it is based on a TV series that was well established. They don't spend any time establishing characters and. I have not seen the TV series in years. And so, like, I don't know if these characters had certain traits in the TV series that I'm supposed to understand. I'm not resonating with these characters. So when bad things happen to these characters, I don't really care. Because we didn't spend time establishing why I should care about them. Uh, and so, it's just like, Scrooge loses all his money. Okay. I guess that's bad for him. I'm sorry, Scrooge, but you're based on an evil character from a Dickens novel. Am I supposed to like you? I get confused as to what I'm supposed to feel about this film. And that's why I said it feels more like a very special episode as opposed to being... And I think it's because it is such a short runtime. It doesn't feel like an entire movie. Yeah, but I, um, yeah, I guess that's what I go for. Raw Tater Tots <laughs> is my review yeah, of this is, film. Yeah, it's, it is definitely not the worst thing we have watched. That is true. That is true. Yes, yeah, so let's go on to our second scale, which is a rewatchability scale from 0 to 10, telling our viewers should they go back and watch this film. So, uh, I'm thinking mine may be higher than Carl's after hearing him talk about it. But I I gave it a five because I I feel like if you have kids, it might be worth it for them to see it because they may enjoy parts of it. If you do not, it's probably not worth going back to watch it even for nostalgia because there isn't much unless you really remember it from growing up or if you have owned the movie and remember things about it. But going back for somebody who hasn't seen it in 25, 30 years and not knowing anything about it, it didn't have much there. Yeah. I gave it a six and a half, although my whole scale, I could probably uh -huh. go back <laughs> of all the movies we watched and give it a whole big overhaul. Uh-huh. It's definitely kind of middle of the road. I would say the only reasons to really go back and watch it are if you have kids that have been watching the new one and it's it's cute enough for them to watch it, or if you are in your nostalgia doing a whole um, DuckTales rewatch mm. and you want to be a completionist. Yeah, give it a watch. It's it's not going to ruin your day. But I wouldn't watch it without the basis of having rewatched the TV show. I wouldn't watch it by itself. 
Yeah, so I'm there with you. Um, I'm not going to go as high as Mark did. Um, five, I was thinking about because this does feel like a middle-of-the-road movie. It's fine. It doesn't really have anything for you. It's unoffensive on its face. Uh, it's just trying to have a good time. And if you care about the characters, you care about the characters. Um, but there are, I think, it doesn't feel like a film to me. And if it was if it was more like a film and not a very special episode. It feels like an add-on package. It feels like you went to Walmart and you got the you got the DuckTales like <laughs> DVD series and this came as the like free gift add-on. Right. That would be fine. So like the other things I've given a five to, they're fine films. Like they are complete stories that are unoffensive. This is not a complete story. This doesn't have the runtime of a full story. It doesn't have the character uh, establishment of a full story. And it it's like a TV episode because it ends exactly the way it begins. Nobody has an arc. Nobody learns anything. Like, if we picked up where this left off, any character... Like, you could watch any DuckTales episode after this... And it has no stakes on the entire series at all. It's very sitcom so, episode. Yes. So because the characters don't have arcs, because we don't establish the characters, I can't give it a five because it's not a complete film. Yeah. Most of the reason I didn't give it a five is because when we went back and we're looking at our things, I realized I gave Man of the House a five. I told you at the time. I know. And I now I said this at the time. <laughs> and now I can't give anything a five because of how much I hate Man of the House. And now everything is skewed high now uh -huh. because of how much I hate Man of the House. Yeah. Well, right. maybe you shouldn't hate but it so much. I Man of the House was awful. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was there. Um, but I'm not going to go as low as I did for, say, Warriors of Virtue. because Well, nothing should be as low as Warriors of Virtue. Yeah, it should have got a one. I think you guys may have convinced me to give something a three that didn't deserve a three. I don't anyway, know, that surf movie? I'm not going to give it a three. I will go for a four. So it's not middle of the road. It's a bit lower than that because it's not really a film. It's... It's mis... It, Again, it feels like you should watch it when you finish watching DuckTales, but not mm. by itself. It's a side dish. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> we, th I think collectively <laughs> our potato review should just be side dish. Yeah, it's a All side right. dish. DuckTales right. is the meat, so this is the potato. side dish of potatoes. <laughs> side uh -huh. dish of potatoes. This is literally potato! Ooh, should this... Mm, <laughs> I'm debating whether this should even go on our scale, because it's not a film. It's a literal potato. Uh. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, on our scale from 0 to 10, we give this film a potato. A potato. <laughs> We've gone All off right. the rails. <laughs> We are off the rails, and so it is time to close. So this brings us to our final segment of the podcast, which is, guys, I learned something today. Something that we collectively have learned by watching this film. Uh, something that you guys can um, mull over in the coming weeks until our next episode. And making his debut in this segment, here is Mark... We don't do last names on this podcast. <laughs> um, 
So, Mark, handing it over to you, what is the lesson you took from this film? <clears throat> Guys, I learned something today. It's all gravy. <laughs> oh, I like I like how we knew it wasn't going to get a laugh. Um, and then it did but, anyway. No, no. Sarah and I just kind of stared at each other <laughs> until she broke. I couldn't do it. All right. So that is going to end this episode of Retrograding. We will see you guys next time. Oh.